Welcome to Miami. Bienvenidos a Miami. You're now listening to MIA Radio. Who put this thing together? DJ Kev. DJ Zayas. Let me holler at my real Miami motherfuckers. And honestly, like, I wake up every day hustling it so that I never have to go back to doing something, you know. All I want to do is DJ and to work in music, so I hustle as much as I can every day just to make sure that that continues. Now we're recording. Yes. This Yo. MIA Radio. Damn, Damn, come, 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 you got to wait till we introduce you, <laughs> oh, bro. Not even. Come on, come on bro. Not you even. know the rules here? Yo, didn't even come wait on. for the intro, man. Damn, bro. Well, anyways. Yo. This is DJ Zaya. DJ Cass. MIA Radio, episode 20. 20. Numero 20. 20 yes. With one of my favorite people. Yeah. One of my favorite DJs. Yeah. I don't. We don't just say that to everyone that's on the on the podcast, bro. Sure, sure. <laughs> but we have the one and only Damage Good. Damage Yo! Good. We clap. What's up, brother? What's up, guys? What's up, I'm bro? I'm excited to yes. be on the radio show and yes. to dish out all kinds of gossip. Ooh, okay, okay. This well, is first, like the View, right? Something bro, like that. Anything goes. The DJ okay. View. Anything yeah. goes. No uh, hold bar. You can say whatever you want. I'd like to say. We whatever don't bleep I want. anything out. I mean, you kind of already. Unless say I say bleep. Yeah. Okay. You uh, can say, yeah. Damage goods. That's one of my favorite DJ names. I just had to get that out of the way. Oh, thank you. Damage yes. goods. I. Uh, it was given to me by an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and you took it. To yeah, I like, ran with it. At the time, I was um, I was DJing, and I didn't have a DJ name, and uh, she was the. She was making all the flyers for the club and um, I would ask her out on a date every, every week, you know, and I had every week I had a different DJ name. I would be like, oh, this week, I think my first first DJ name was just for kicks because I used to take all the money and buy shoes with it. But mm-hmm. God, that was so stupid. I wish I didn't say That's that. That's not right. Um, yeah. So she used to put a different DJ name on the flyer every week. And um at what venue was this? This was at Pawn Shop. Okay. I don't know if you guys yes. remember Pawn Shop. Yeah. Oh, but she, was, she just gave you that name one week? No, I kept asking her out on a date week after week, and she shot me down, and, and she goes, it was speci- she specifically said, she goes, I would never date you. You are damaged goods. You're like. Because I used to sleep around a lot. I was, you know, I would get everyone, you know. Drunk and I would sleep with them. <laughs> I mean, off the rip, man. It was it was consensual. I would just okay. provide everyone. Making with sure, bro. Making sure, bro. Yeah. I get Bill Cosby. Like yeah, forty bro. years later. You're no, co- I was you know just as a DJ, you have access to unlimited amount of alcohol. Right, right. Um, you know. That's a fucking genius way to get your DJ name, bro. Yeah. So she gave it to me. She goes, oh, "I'm gonna put it on the flyer this week. That's a good name." And. I remember just everyone was so into that name as opposed to the 12 other names I had yeah. had, uh, you know. I mean, and it's, it's, it's always, to me, it's always been like a dope name because it's like damage. It's not like no offense to anybody that has like first name, letter name or like, you know, or, or even two letters or their initials or, you know, like there's a ton of like generic. Yeah. To be honest too, um, I found this out years later, but, um, Daniel Solomon, uh, the general manager of Eleven, right. he tells me one night, he goes, I had never even heard you play 
I had never even heard about you. And somebody offered, you know, for, for me to book their DJ, Damaged Goods. And I just thought that that was the best name for a person to be playing inside of a strip club <laughs> yeah. that he booked me sight unseen or, you know, unheard. Right. And just trusted it only based off the fact <laughs> that my name was Damage Goods. Literally one of my favorite names, right? So yes, I'm it's I can so only real. you know, it only works in a strip club. <laughs> but I mean, speaking of, how did you start DJing? How did I start DJing? Well, um I'm gonna throw Contra in the story as well. Okay. Contra's a big part of it in a negative way. That's like his <laughs> that's like his fourth or fifth appearance yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> he, he, really? gets yeah. a lot. he gets mentioned a lot. We need to have him on the podcast, I think. Yeah, I know. That would be too good. So um Man, to be honest, I didn't even have, I'd never even been to a club till I was like 21 or 22. I, I, it wasn't, really wasn't my thing. Um, I worked for my dad. My dad owned a sunglass shop. Okay. And around that time was the time, I don't know if you remember, everybody wore sunglasses in the club. Stun of shades. Stun of shades. So all the, all the promoters would come to the club, you know, Chino, a very, very young purple, okay. and they would all buy, you know, sunglasses right. for me. Eventually, we all became cool, and they would invite me to the club, you know. And um, I realized at a young age, like, yo, if you're going to go to a club, show up with a bunch of chicks. Right. Because that's Smart. really the only way to, to get in. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I had a nice car at the time, so it was easy to convince a bunch of girls to, you know, hop in this car and come right. with me to a club. So me and six girls would go to a club and walk right in, never wait in line, and people would give us alcohol. <laughs> or mainly the girls, and I was Sweet. just in the background. <laughs> Um, and they would invite me to more and more of their clubs and it eventually turned into, Hey, you know, if you bring these girls, we'll give you your own table to every one of our parties. I was like, damn, I was like, give me free alcohol. This is my own table. This is mid 2000s, late 2000s. This is like 2005. Yeah. Something like that. You know, back when, you know, pawn shop, sweet, uh, cameo. So you were like one of those accidental promoters kind of. Yeah. And then it turned into, I ran into, I met, um, Jake Jefferson and Xavier Burt who they were also working the party as like sub promoters or something. I believe I can't, can't fully remember, okay. but they saw that I was bringing a lot of people. Right. And they were like, yo, we'll pay you to bring people to our party. It was something like $3 or $4 per person. Right. I don't know if they still do that, but at the time, like. Yo, you bring a person that's like three or four bucks. Right. So it was a little side hustle, you know, work after, you know, I would finish working for my dad and then I'd get on MySpace because that was what we were using at well, the time to promote. And I would, I would start promoting and, uh, it eventually turned into me having my own party nice. where Contra was the DJ Sweet. and Contra. I love Contra so much. So I don't want to sound like I hate him or anything, but he's the fucking worst. <laughs> he's the worst to deal with. Um, he's very OCD. Yes. And I, I remember going up to him one night very vividly and, and asking him like, yo, like, can you play this song? And just with the shittiest fucking face, he looks at me, he's like, if you think DJing so fucking easy, why don't you DJ yourself? And he like walks away, like walks out of the booth. I'm like, he leaves. And I was like, Fuck. so good. And it really just struck a nerve with me. And I was like, damn, I'm already promoting the party. I'm running the door. I've, you know, I've got marketing. Might as well DJ too and just collect all the money. <laughs> so I went to fucking, uh, you know, Sam Ash and I got my first turntables. I had a friend that knew how to DJ and he kind of taught me the basics. Right. And I mean, if you're a DJ, you know, DJing is 
pretty much for the fucking most part easy. Yeah. It's mixing one the song science. into another. Right. The the technical. I always say that all the time. Like yeah, if you can mix one song, if you know how to count, if you know how to count, like DJing's easy. So the hard part is like you know figuring out yeah what people want to play. Uh, that's what I think makes a good, you know, DJ. Right. So basically, your career was started by two people yeah. telling you. And I remember. <laughs> <laughs> you should fucking DJ if you think yeah. it's so easy. And, and I remember just good. going to the club like a week later after buying my turntables and telling Did the manager, like, yo, I want a DJ. And he's like, you don't know how to fucking DJ. You're, you're a promoter. I was right. like, you can't DJ. And I was like, all right. I had already been bringing over 100 people to the club every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday right. under my name. So I already had a fan base and I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to take these people somewhere where they'll let me DJ. And I told them that I was like, yo, I was like, I'm, you know, I'm going to quit. I was like, this other club is going to let me DJ. So I'm going to move my party there. Thank you for everything. He's like, okay, you could DJ. He's like, just do what, do whatever you want. Just don't leave. So I started DJing. I was, I was, um, I wasn't, I wasn't the best, <laughs> but I'd already seen Contra and Did Danny Contra. Days and, and Lazaro Casanova every week for, you know, Did Contra ever <laughs> see you DJ like the next couple of weeks. Like, damn, this guy no, really, you know, honestly, uh, many years after I told Contra the story, he had, he did not remember it at all. Like <laughs> he just, he he's like, you know laughed. how many people I tell that to. It's <laughs> so funny. And I told him, I was like, yeah, I was like, you are probably a. A pivotal point in yeah. like me becoming a DJ. The trigger, and he was very happy for me, and he he acknowledged that like yo like I had hustled and like I had gotten myself up to, you know, because you know Contra Contra keeps tabs on everybody, right? Of course. And uh, he was he was he was like happy for me, I guess. That's you know? dope. Um, so when did you start? Like, all right, maybe I should learn how to like get better at DJing. Well, to be honest, I thought I was pretty good because I, I had already <laughs> seen what everybody was playing and I just mixed it in with like a little bit of my flair. And then it, it was like your people, your party. It was so already my people. So like, like, even if the music sucked, they were there to support me. I had like legit fans because, right. you know, these people were only coming because I invited them. You know, I was kind of like the people's people because like these were, you know, people that normally couldn't get into clubs or, you know, didn't have access to it. So then while well, you get, you decided maybe to take it more serious and try to play at other clubs like yeah because pawn shop closed down <laughs> and i was out of a job oh because um, that was the club that you that were, was the club that let me dj right. that and um what was the other club it was called soho lounge okay right you know i i started off playing hipster music all the blog right. house that's what i was gonna ask like what format yeah it was all four on the floor and yeah. you know starting off as a dj can't get really much easier yeah yeah and, you're playing 110 to 120 yeah and I, I i hate to you know sound like that but i learned to really dj on serato yeah. so i could see waveforms and i could see when beats were coming in i can set right. cue points i right. can you know etc so it wasn't it wasn't rocket science yeah it's yeah not, what what my bad but i never really what what was like the music origin that you started because i was, wasn't really ever sure it was like blog house it was people that didn't know how to make music making music and <laughs> uploading it to the yeah, internet it was, like, it was all experiment because you, if you're doing i mean if you're doing punch up all that you're doing like indie dance yeah indie i'm rock. talking about mastercraft right. and da you know that makes Daft so Punk. much sense yeah. now yeah. <laughs> you i mean DJ that's all this block year. party i mean yeah to me to me from what when i met you i mean we'll get into that like it was you were the guy you know the overthrow guy that was still connected i mean that uh overthrow to me like from what i when i moved to miami what i saw that overthrow came you know 
from that era and they kind of kept it going into the blog house into dubstep into everything else. i truly so. believe that like you know we had a crew i'm yeah. gonna drop that you know and we still do we have a collective called the overthrow right um you know and we started off with electronic music and you know to to keep our business going you know we threw parties yeah. and um you know we could we could definitely get into that when you guys are ready right. but oh yeah, yeah. So, but we I'm sorry back so you left. Uh, you were you went to Soho House. I went to Soho because I was like, yo, it was like pawn shop clothes. I had no right. place. I already I was already promoting, like I said, throwing the party creatively, mm-hmm. you know, doing marketing, and I was and I was DJing. Um, and then at one point, my dad fired me. <laughs> <laughs> he fired me, thinking that I would would quit DJing so I can come you know back. come back yeah. to you know work for him you know and take it more seriously. But at the time I was like you know I was making four times as much as he was paying me right. and and really enjoying DJing. Like I I I really enjoyed DJing. Yeah. Um, so waking up early and showing up. I think to your dad's office yeah. was. I think man I would I, I would work for my dad six days a week. I would I would be at his office every day at ten o'clock sharp to open and close at seven p.m. You know every day, and I would sell sunglasses. That's one of the that's one of the best feelings. I always say that like when you had a job and then like you cross over to like like living just off of DJing or like man, I haven't had a know? job in like over ten years. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's beautiful to it's be the honest. best because even I mean I've I've gone through that several times since I've changed markets, but like the first time that you're like like you're just like no like. You tell yourself like I don't have a job. Like, yeah, man. I, I, I like live off of DJing, and it's like. And honestly, like I wake up every day hustling it so that I never have to go back to right. doing something. Right. You know, not that I because I, I liked working for my dad. It was mm-hmm. easy. You know, he he had a big company. Like, you know, it was it was a cushy job. But, you know, I just all I want to do is to DJ or to work in music. So, I hustle as much as I can every day just to make sure that that continues. Yeah, same. That's how it is, man. Yeah. I feel like a lot of DJs don't ever, you know, I don't know. I talk to people that don't have that same mentality and, you know, we'll go back to work at Best Buy or whatnot. Yeah. You know? And I think you forget, like you said, you haven't had a job in 10 years, so it, it seems so normal to you. But sometimes it's like, yo, like you could go any second, this shit could all go and you could go back to working, selling sunglasses. Of course, man. And, and I, I look at it like a business as well. Cause like, you know, as much fun as it is like, yo, it's a business. Like there's marketing involved in this. Right. There's, you know, Especially now. promotion. There's, I'm, you know, I'm shaking, yeah. I'm shaking babies and kissing hands all day. <laughs> I mean, we see it now, we see it now. And it's like, now it's to the point where it's kind of like, like, uh, what's that fucking Iron Man meme where he's like. With his arms crossed, like rolling his eyes, like I we see so much shit that sometimes I'm just like, oh, okay. But I remember when it was like when it transitioned into that kind of not corporate but like business, like yeah. You there, know, there was a point that I remember at least where DJing was, or at least parties, even in general. And I'm I'm speaking for Miami, right? Um, because that's mainly what I know. But you know, everything was was a real was a real party. Now you look at it, it seems like everything is very organized, calculated, yeah. accounted for. Right. You know, back back like seven years ago, it was still kind of like you know wild. Yeah, I, we like, were freestyling I, it exactly. I, I I I literally feel like it was like there was like a game plan, but then that was out the window like an hour into yeah. the night. You know, yeah. the goal was to have fun. Yeah, you know, nowadays it seems that, you know, clubs people just want to sit on a couch and, you know, pop bottles and do the selfies. Like at the time, I don't even think there was a fucking couch inside a pawn shop, you know, Mm -hmm. like there was none of that. We were all drinking at the bar. Yeah. 
So yeah. when when did uh, you kind of start getting more serious about DJing well, and not promoting? Well, I was I was strictly you know EDM or you know to Electronic me it was just yeah dance music. I, I loved hard music and I right. still do. I love really aggressive you <laughs> shit. Know, your pants bangers. Yeah, uh, yeah I love the. <laughs> I'm I'm a banger bro. Robot like, sex. You know I yeah. love yeah that, that that's my thing yeah. truly. Um, I was doing a party called Black Sunday which it was every Sunday at this place called Bella Rose, which now it's called Don't Sit on the Furniture. Okay. It was owned by Keith Pacello. Right. Um, very well known Miami, uh, you yeah. know. Staple, nightlife staple. Of course, yeah. An Chris extremely Chris nice Pacello's guy. Chris brother, yeah. Yeah, he was paying me something like, if he did pay me like 50 bucks to play for seven hours. And we did like this, this really heavy electronic party. And um, the party became very famous because my partner Alexis Mincola would do this thing at the party every week. Where um, I don't know if you guys remember, we would kill somebody at the party in um, through like a series of like uh, stop motion animation. Okay. We would take like you know stop motion is just right just repeatedly a bit, you know right. we take a million pictures and sync them together like a video. And he was like you know Photoshop uh, you know wizard. Guru, yeah. So he was able to make the you know he would create these scenes like every Sunday somebody at the party would would get killed. And the party became very popular because people wanted to come and get killed on video and to be seen in the video so next you, week. If you would come to the party, they would shoot, like, film you. They would like, film you and, right. you know, he would shoot out his arms like if he was shooting a fireball at you and then you would incinerate or, you right. know, he would cut your head off. And it would look like that once he, and once he next edited. Next week, he would, they would show it, like, of course. guessing, like, lube. Yeah, and the videos were so dope. dope. I mean, you can dope. still find them out there, like, look up Black Sunday. Um, you know, and the party became so cool that the fucking Olsen twins would start showing up and a bunch of celebrities would start showing up to this little party where we were playing like hard dubstep and like EDM. We weren't playing anything commercial at all, you know, and you know, God bless Keith Pacello for allowing us to go on, you know, for as long as we did. And and what, what year time frame is this? (sighs) Fucking, I don't even remember. I don't even know what day. (laughs) (laughs) It was a while ago. We always, I mean, I always bring up the years just because like, there's a lot of listeners that I've heard throughout and like, we always talk about like the timeline of of the Miami night. I'm going to say 2007. Yeah. Eight. Something like that. I don't know. Somebody look it up. Um, no. And then this guy, Roman Jones would show up to our party every Sunday night. And you know, Roman Jones is very popular Miami person loved and hated. Yeah. Um, very eccentric guy. And he came to the party and he'd ask us every Sunday, like, you know, why don't you guys do a party for me? And we thought he was like a sellout and we didn't want to be, You're right. we, we were trying to be the anti that we were trying right. to do electronic music and he was always so supportive of it. And he, he saw that what we were doing was way ahead of its time. Right. You know, cause at the time no one was playing dubstep. Like the dubstep wasn't even that popular in America. You know, yeah. and we were dropping it every Sunday. Finally, he he convinced my partner Alexis McCall, and he's you know he's like yo, he's like, I'm gonna let you guys do whatever you want. You have full control to take over you know one of my clubs. And Alexis was like, okay, give us Louis on Friday, which right. at the time Louis was one of the most popular clubs in America. Yeah, that's yeah. where I met you. I yeah, I mean like it was, you know. Before live, it was right. it was really like the club. Yeah, it's still it was, my favorite. It was club. So it was so like exclusive and like yeah, you know, the like cutting edge for the time. It really was, but it was a party, and like, it was yeah. extremely hard to get into, yeah. like yeah. the hardest place that you could ever even attempt to get into. Yeah. 
And Alexis was like, yo, give us Louie on Friday. And he was like, absolutely not. Are you are you insane? Like, right, I'm not yeah. going to give He's like, well, okay, then we won't do it. Thank right. you very much. Finally, Roman gave in. He's like, you could have Friday. Damn. We were like, fuck it. Okay, cool. So we went in there. Um, it took it took a while to figure it out. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, because that I, crowd wasn't, I don't think. Yeah, but I went from making $50 a week, you know, for playing seven hours. Right. And, to you know, making five to a thousand dollars within an hour and a half, and right. I was like, "Yo, this is awesome! This is, this is great!" You know, right. I was like, "I quit my my real job," and um, you know, I was DJing, and every, every week that's where I I met Conflict because uh-huh. Conflict was the resident on Fridays, um, and they would kick me off immediately. <laughs> they would still pay me, but they would kick me off immediately. Um, so he was there like kind of as a savior. Yeah. He would open and he would play on after me as soon as they'd kick me off. Cause, um, the manager at the time, Jeremy spun, he did not, he, he, did, he did not share. Yeah. Shout out to Jeremy spun. Um, Fubu zone. Yeah. Fubu. <laughs> yeah. And Jeremy would kick me off every fucking Friday. It infuriated the hell out of me to the mm-hmm. point where I was like, I wanted to like, knock this dude's head off and did you um and i get it now looking back and right. i get it i was like you know there's people there's stuff. people like you know spending thousands of I mean, dollars yeah. and i'm just playing the most obnoxious music because yeah, like, conflict, conflict is playing like jason derulo <laughs> and like, yes. i'm trying to think of like what was hot you know like he probably played Lady who Gaga. let the dogs out yeah like lady gaga and that just made you want to play your shit even more yeah like, you know fuck this shit. and w- what i was gonna ask is you said it happened like week after week did week you, after week. Did you, were, were you ever like, you know what, I'm going to keep doing me? Or were you, did you get to the point <laughs> where you're like. Listen, I, I, after. I mean, you still do Every you. week I got into a fight with Jeremy Spun about like the music. And I'm like, right. this is us. We're fucking cool. You gotta, you gotta take it. Right. And you gotta help us build this. He's like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fucking take this. He's like, you're costing me money. And he's like, I'm gonna give you one more week to figure out how to play this room. Yeah. And if not, you can't play. That's it. Like, and I was like, I was so bummed because I was like, yo, I'm making so much money, you know, I don't want to get fired. I literally went on to DJ City because I had <laughs> heard that was like hey, where Conflict plug. got his music. The plug. <laughs> and I downloaded every Pitbull song, every fucking Flowrider song, every LMFAO time, song. Party rock shit at the time. Party rock shit, which was all still four on the floor house. So all I right. could I could easily mix it in. And I. All I did was like, you know, I'd play three, you know, commercial songs, a dubstep song, you know, three commercial songs. Yeah. And I mixed it in. I learned how to to sandwich. Yeah. I learned how to sandwich. And, you know, the following week, Jeremy's like, yo, that was amazing. Nice. He's like, I don't know what the hell got into you, but that's what we need. He's like, you're playing your shit, but you're also catering to the crowd. And, you know, I, I officially, you know, landed that gig there. And he then moved me on to play Mansion and Set. And, you know, at the time, Opium Group ran Miami. They owned, like, I think something like five, six clubs. So I was able to play at all their clubs. So that's how you basically kind of got in with the Opium Group. But those other clubs you were playing, you weren't doing your... I was. I was because, like, at the time... Because that's what they wanted. Yeah, because I don't think anybody was doing what I was doing at the time. I was mixing in all this music that, really, unless you were, like, digging into Zippy Share or reaching out to, you know, electronic DJs... Bloghouse. Yeah, Bloghouse. This is, is like, when IDs, like, when no one knew what the song was called and you couldn't Shazam it or find it, you know? I had a strong connection with all these EDM DJs, so I was always getting music. 
So I was able to sandwich it. So that was something that like no one on the beach was able to do. So it kind of gave me a little bit of an edge. I saw what everybody was doing and I just kind of like, you know, yeah, did, did my own thing. I remember when, when I first met you, when I first played with you, because I was used to all these dudes, conflict and effect and everyone, you know, kind of straight edge, like always doing the format of the club. And then I heard you playing. I'm like, bro, this guy's fucking crazy. Yeah. I was. I was fucking out of my mind looking back at it. I'm like, what was I doing? You know, it's you were pu pushing like the, yeah, you were pushing the boundaries, the boundaries because I just I felt like I couldn't be happy playing, you know, the same thing conflict was, you know, and no disrespect to conflict at the moment. <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Maybe later. Maybe later. No, and you know, I got it. Like, that's what he did. And like, he was extremely good at it. But like, I couldn't, I couldn't be happy if unless I was playing my own shit. Right. You know? And that's what kind of made me me. And that was the only reason I was able to break, break into so many clubs because like no one was doing it. Now I can see everybody's like playing a little bit of everything. Now right. open format has evolved into a true all over the place open format, but you know, but I mean, at least on the beach, like, uh, when, when I first started hearing you, I was like, it gave me at least a little like, Oh, okay. Like we don't gotta be so by the book. Yeah. Like if this guy's playing at every venue, they obviously he's doing something right. I also think like, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I was, I was, um, I was given a lot of chances that I felt most DJs were not allowed to just because I was a fucking crazy young kid dressing crazy, drinking like a lunatic. Like, you know, <laughs> I was, I was, I was acting a fool. But it was, it was the time. And it fit into my, it fit into like, you know, how I was playing. Yeah, I think like w w we talk about on the podcast, like, I think people just really liked you as a person. Yeah. Like, I think people just like me as a person. I just want to hang honestly, out with this Honestly, guy. like, I don't want this to sound bad, but it's like, that was one thing that I always saw from you. I knew like, I wasn't the most amazing right, DJ. Right. Like but, that. but you were like the, the coolest dude in the booth at all times. Like you would come in and be yeah. like, I've never seen you mad even when you were mad. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like, like, like you would never have a bad day and like you would come in and like you were such like a, like a, like a, Jolly person. I try to say, man, there's so much fucking terrible shit in the world that like, you yeah. know, you just, even on your worst day, it, it's it's still, still the best day for right, you know somebody right, else. Right. Yeah. It's funny because like so I got to Miami 2009, 2010, and you know we talked about it on the podcast. Like I did my research and like in San Antonio, um, this Who? was I, I lived in San Antonio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I lived uh, when I lived in Texas. I lived in San Antonio, but I would go to Austin, and this is like. I still remember to this day the first time that I heard uh, Bulletproof. Not sorry, not Bulletproof. In for the kill. Uh, oh yeah, Larue. Remember that? That yeah, was like LaRue. that was Scream. Yeah, Scream. Scream. Yo, the Scream like, remix. You know, going back to really quick, like I also threw a lot of parties. Yeah. I was the first person in America to bring Scream. You know, nice. here Scream and Banga. Like nice. that's how much I love dubstep. That yeah. I was like playing that shit and bringing them here. Yeah. So I, I remember the last year that I was in Texas. I remember hearing that song. You know, kind of like I was for WMC where you would go to a party and it was like the song, the song. So I heard it in San Antonio like over and over and over and I was in Austin and I was like, yo, this shit is crazy. And nobody was really playing it. And then I moved to Miami right after and I heard you play. Like, yo, I played that, that song so much that Justin Levine booked LaRue to play. Nice. You nice. know, like, I don't want to take any credit for that, but, like, nobody was playing it. And, and then like, the, the, the other song that I always, like, always reminds me of you, and I put it on the mix before, like, uh, the Rus the Rusko. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, um, the Kid Sister it? one? No, Rusko no. Uh, remix of um, 
Hold on. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. I still played it. Yeah. I, you know that song's like I don't even know how old, but yeah. like I still play because it it's yeah. You know, dope. So yeah, yeah. I mean, shout out to Sub Focus. So yeah, you you like like so to me it was like yo this dude is like like the hipster cool guy and then it was another thing that I was on Texas that you did I don't know where the correlation is but like you'd be playing all this shit and then you'd be playing like the most ratchetest shit that I have no idea <laughs> I mean that's cause I go to Atlanta so much and that's what I'm saying like you had the connection with all these people so like he's a low key rapper so, I love <laughs> I, just, I love strip but, strippers but, and I love what but strippers you've had love the, you've had the image and it was like it was crazy because back then it was like you were kind of like the hipsterish dude that would play rap and that was cool like like but if you were like an urban uh dj and you were playing so much that you were playing was like nah 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 but then it's it was too like, much yeah but then obi's playing it so it's cool like and then you would play like you would go from waka flock this is before yeah. waka flock this is like mixtape shit yeah like canon canon on mid song playing out of a function fucking system <laughs> yeah you know like like that piff rips and shit so it was so dope it was like yeah, yo, and, and like really quick like since all my shit was like bootleg music, yeah. the quality was like so yeah, the way you, bad. That's what made it great, though. Yeah, exactly. But it was dope. It was so dope. I could picture Devell like coming to with like, "Fuck you, playing." Yeah, Devell was Devell was Devell was like sweeping the floor. I remember. I remember. He wasn't even doing. Yeah. He isn't. He was. He wasn't big time like he yeah. is now. And no, Louis Devell came started from the bottom. I remember that. Yeah, man. You know, also like, uh, I realized that when I was playing in Serato, I. I, I would just put a bunch of music into a crate that I liked mm -hmm. for like, let's say I played at Louis. I would throw in anything that I thought I could possibly play. And then I would go to the top and p order them by BPM. Yeah. And that's another reason why I was able to like, you know, look at it and be like, okay, this Waka Flocka song could go into this dubstep right. song. And then from this dubstep song, I can go into this pop song because it's the same it tempo. Made it and simple it's for you. Yeah. It made it simple. Like shout out to Serato and they've shown me a lot of love, but like, you know, that that's kind of where my craziness came from as opposed to like how I see you know or how I saw DJs before where it was like okay we're gonna go into a hip-hop section where it's gonna be hip-hop for about 15 minutes right. and then we're gonna go into reggaeton and then we're gonna play a couple how you know I was just it was just so fucking random like the what madness, I was doing the man it's you know it's crazy it's like it has to be on that level or Super by the book. For it's it I work. didn't take it as seriously as some of these other DJs. Right. I knew that this was just like I was just so lucky to be up here playing at Mansion in front right. of a thousand people, and they weren't not liking the music, you know. So why not keep it going? Yeah, you know. But when did like the whole bottle? And let me tell you, I've been yelled at a lot by yeah, managers. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, when, I've been yelled at a lot. When did that start? I've because been fired a couple times too. Because toward, towards the end of, of uh, that whole era where it was all those clubs that you were playing, like it kind of got at least like it was like they well, started getting more corporate. That you yeah. weren't getting as much freedom. It was it was it was, it was bottle based. It, it, I mean, it's always been bottle based. Well, well, I didn't have that edge anymore because now everybody was doing like right. everyone was able to like you know. You know, I, I don't want to take full credit for it, but they like, you know, music was evolving all over where people were like more accepting like EDM music right. and dubstep and, and dubstep was now on the radio on Power 96, you know. Right. And I realized at that point it wasn't that I liked to play electronic music. It was like that I loved to DJ and it was like a crowd response. So I just I just adapted. I just yeah. adapted into like, OK, what do I need to play to keep DJing? Yeah. OK, let me let me learn to play reggaeton. 
And I became a fucking fantastic reggaeton <laughs> DJ. And, you know, hip-hop came back really hard. And I learned to play hip-hop like, yo, I, I think I'm one of the best hip-hop DJs in Miami at the moment. And that's not my where I came from, you know? Yeah. It's just out of a love to DJ and to continue DJing. Yeah. I think you've always been, like, the one that's always been able to adapt uh, to like whatever is going yeah, on. Yeah, like I didn't grow up on on hipster music either. Like, yeah. yo, Wu Tang, you know, that's that's what I what I grew up on. But you, you know? were, I mean, when the whole EDM, I guess not phase, but like phenomenon was happening, you were balls deep. Though, I was balls deep because I was like, I was already labeled as like the EDM guy, which in a in a, you know fast forward a little bit, it hurt me going into like what we have now because it's like, oh, he's an EDM DJ. Yeah, it's like yeah, but I'm also a way better hip hop DJ. Yeah, right. Like you know. So I got real lucky when the EDM stuff hit because I was able to open for everybody. Yeah. Calvin Harris, Steve Aoki, Rusko, Skrillex. Like, and then you were making music. As a yeah, and you know me, I'm a, I'm a nice guy, and I was able to like bro down with all these people, right, right. you know? All, all they want to do is take a shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people, now it's now it's a little bit more obvious, but you know. Yeah, it's it's a lot more commercial. No, no, like, Well, no, no, what I was going to say is, is what, what's a little bit more obvious is the relationship side of DJing. Yeah. Like it's it's been brought up like, but a lot of people don't understand, you know, like it's how you connect with the managers, how you connect with yeah, everybody. Yeah, and at the time too, like Steve Aoki showed up and he'd plug in his own shit. Yeah. Like now there's three tour managers that right. you have to deal with and then he, they come in at the very last minute. So I, there's not that broing, you know, right. that, that we had before. Right. But um, you, you, cre you created these relationships when, you know, Calvin Harris was putting out you know i'm not alone or whatever like yeah you know i saw when he you know i i got to open up for him when his first album came out right. you know like his first album where he's singing and right. and playing you know, right, you know right, before right. he was a dj right um so yeah i mean but you've you've always been cool with people so like as the bubble kept growing you kept being the since people knew that you were good you kept being the guy and as mansion was bringing in all these fucking guys you were like the dude and every and you just yeah, because, you know, at the time, too, a lot of DJs were, oh, well, I only play this. Right. And I'll only play this. In the box. You know, and I was able to play a little bit of everything, so yeah. it kind of gave me the advantage. And, I'll, I mean, I, I was DJing sometimes twice a night. Yeah. I would open up here and then go play the main set somewhere else, like, and I was doing that every day just because, yeah. like, you know, I, I just I want to keep DJing. I want more gigs. I'll play 24 hours a day right. if I could. Right. I feel you. No, 100%. If you pay me, I will come. But then you kind of started, I mean, your your goal, not I wouldn't say your goal, but you were attacking, trying to get into festivals. and I was, man, because like it, it um, and then I still feel that way sometimes because like the pop music is honestly so easy to play. Hip hop is a very easy. It's not as challenging as it is to like, you know, really move a festival, mm -hmm. really get people dancing. Like when you DJ in clubs, like you know, people, people want the more the stuff that they know, you know, that's, that's mainly what they want in a festival. It's like, you got to try to move, you know, 10,000 people, you know, you got to try to make them dance and you can't play the same thing. The last DJ played. So you've got to dig and beg other DJs to send you shit. And you know, it, it's harder. And it, right. that's, that's kind of why I wanted to, to, get back into playing EDM music and try to break back into more of the, the festivals because truly like that's what I want to do and play your own music and play my own music. I can't play my own music in pop club, you know, right. in these commercial clubs cause it doesn't work and, and I get it and I'm not trying to force it. Yeah. You know, I just, I want to continue DJing, but I would like to be able to drop my own tune, you know, main stage at ultra one day. 
But how do you think, like, especially now in Miami, how are you able to, like, kind of, because you've always been walking that, that fine line between, like, yo, I make my own music and produce my own songs and DJ EDM, but also I'm going to go play fucking Corn and, and like, <laughs> Sweet Caroline and tell Travis Scott, like, at a bar in Wynwood. I think it just goes back into me just loving to DJ and like I realized the, the only reason I started producing music in the beginning was because I realized if I wanted to be a bigger DJ, I had to have my own tracks. Right. You know, so, you know, since I started, I was trying to to make music and I still try to, to you know, create music daily. Um, but I don't know, you know, I, I hope that sometimes, you know, and becoming an, uh, an EDM DJ or a festival DJ is extremely hard. It requires a lot of money for marketing, yeah. you know. That's what a lot of people don't realize, Pe- the, yeah, the back end. Yeah, you can, yo, it's not just one song. Like, yeah. Skrillex just didn't make one song and he became popular. Like, you know, there's like millions of dollars in marketing that go into, you right. know, Calvin Harris to Steve right. Aoki. Like, you know, Steve Aoki isn't popular because he he's throwing a cake in people's face like yo that kind of helps but it's it's a it's a well-oiled machine yeah the team behind it. you know and i need i need to i need money to push you know damaged goods is edm side right but you know i also look at you know diplo diplo plays it all diplo will do a, a brazilian street festival or will play you know headline edc or play you know a major club yeah. in Vegas or Koyo on a Tuesday yeah. randomly, you know? And yeah. You know, and that's kind of what I always aspired to be was like, let me, let me try to do it all. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good mentality to have. You know, we, we always talk about DJs and up and coming DJs and like the working DJs, like thinking that there's only one road or you can only do one thing or you, you know, it's, it's, it's not about that. And, you know, I've been told so many times that, you know, as, as the deeper I get into like trying to become like, you know, a a festival DJ, it's like, oh, well you can't do that. Cause then people think you're that, you know, well you can, you can only do this and your songs all have to kind of have the same thing. It's I think like, more and more now, especially with and it's like, like why? Yeah, mm-hmm. especially with social media. And it's still me. It's like yeah. my hip hop song sounds just like my EDM song. Yeah, I think you could do it all yeah. and like show it all too. You don't have I to mean, like and hide. Also, and also, like, I mean, I don't hear a lot of the, the festival people, but they're putting out like crazy bootlegs with so many different genres of because course. they know that it's like, bro, you guys heard my span. I produced like a Spanish song yeah. last year. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yo, I produced a span a Latin reggaeton track for right. this big uh, Colombian singer, uh, Martina La Peligrosa. Right. It's an EDM track. Yeah. It's an EDM track at 105 it's a, BPM. It's a Mumba. Like, it's a it's a Mumba, Mumba song, right. but it sounds just like my house stuff. Yeah. You know, like, so you know, it's something I struggle with with my management and you know, people of the industry like expect a certain thing, and I'm constantly always trying to, you know, break break the mold, I guess. But I mean, I think that's what has made you kind of su- successful in a way. It's like always I trying to st- sticking to your own, your yeah. own, belief, your own taste. You know? Like everything, you know, you, everything you do is, is you, you know, if I try to, if I try to become like just a club DJ and play club stuff, then I've got people like conflict and Joe Maz, you know, and all these other, like, you know, main club DJs who are phenomenal. And that's my competition. I feel like what gives me the edge is that I'm like all over the place. You know, I love Joe, but Joe doesn't do it like I do. You know, and that's I mean, what gives me yeah. my edge as opposed to Joe's edge that's and, why and vice versa. I, yeah, I think that's why it's so important to do 
as many lanes as you as you can uh, as many you know, lanes as you enjoy because no one's gonna have the same path as you so i like to keep it dirty and i like to keep it loud you know <laughs> like loud. i don't have a single clean edit in my computer that i you know like, that, should, <laughs> that should be your tagline that's fucking hilarious <laughs> i like to keep it dirty and i like i'm to gonna keep check it next time i'm gonna Con- open your i'm gonna put clean <laughs> it's never never but never that has the, has you have you had any like legitimate uh like I guess experiences in the club or parties where people have like like just not fuck with what you're doing. Yeah, and like if, if you want to get it, I mean, like you said, all the time. Well, I was well, I was booed last week for playing uh, R. Kelly. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, <wait>. <laughs> <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo, I don't care what anybody says. Ignition is still fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's in jam. Yeah, now it just has a different. How these girls come up and just boo me. Everybody's everybody's <laughs> offended, bro. You can't play. You can't play any of that. I mean, you knew what he was doing. Of course, that we've Everybody known for twenty five years. Had no bro. problem until Netflix. Yeah, it's like social media. It's social media, bro. But no, like yo, like I've, I've, I'm not. I'm an. I'm definitely an acquired taste. I'm not for everyone, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. You got the. Those I can. I can keep it very corporate, and I can keep it very, you know, dirty and loud. Yeah, and that's what I was telling you earlier. Like I was. I always enjoyed playing with you because I like I, I was like, well, this guy is not going to do anything I'm going to do. At yeah. All. And for the most part, there's not a single song in my computer that I won't play. I will only download it and, you know, load it if I will play it. You know what song I, I heard you play like years ago? And I Spice I, Girls. No, I mean, we play that all the time. I love Spice Girls. No, it was a it was a an EDM edit or, or remix, whatever, to to the Darth Vader theme. <laughs> I heard you played that one time, like I mentioned, and I was like, "That's it's probably for some bottle presentation." Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I made an edit to it, and I was like, "Yo, this is amazing!" Like, but I would have never heard that right. anywhere else. Like, what? That's like the what imperial, was I doing? imperial. That's theme. you. That's you adapting to them, asking you, "Oi, we have a bottle parade, Star Wars." You're like, "All right, I'm gonna play the EDM version." <laughs> Fuck yeah. it. We're definitely not gonna play the the, the regular one. fucking 128. Well, when did you start like uh, getting? Because, I mean, you were pretty much all on the beach for a while. And then yeah, the, you, you know, transitioned. The, the, the beach just changed. And um, I realized that I needed, you know, and I was approached by people that wanted to help me that were like, yo, you're like really good. You just like don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and they were like, yo, we're going to help you get booked. We're going to help you try to like understand that this is a business and you have to, you have to, um, you can't just DJ. Because being a good DJ means nothing. Right. I, and no, no disrespect to anybody, but like. Being a good DJ doesn't, you know, make you a million dollars. It doesn't like sound like Rocktagon, bro. Yeah, I mean, yo, <laughs> and I love that dude. I was, I worshipped that guy when I when I first started DJing. All his B more edits, right? Like, you know, and I read his his um his tweet to Eight Track, right? And he he's definitely, you know, he definitely knows the game. But you know, like you want to be a good DJ, you need people behind. You know, you want to be a big successful DJ, like a household name. You want to make, you know, like I want to make. I'm not trying to just get by. I want right. to. I'm, I want to. I want to be rich. <laughs> right. I want to be rich, and I understand now that you need people, you need a team, yeah. you need marketing. It's a whole business plan. It's a business. Right. You know, it's just like the same way you'd start a, a record shop. And, you know, you'd you'd have to put the same type of. You gotta of, get a staff. Yeah, yeah, you gotta get a staff. You gotta you gotta put some some drive into it. Every angle, man. Because like yo, DJ Craze, one of the greatest DJs that has ever been on this earth. Right. You know, and is he given the credit that he deserves sometimes or, or is admired as much as like I admire him? No, because like it's it's about, you know, you throwing a cake in someone's right. face and like how much you appear on the Internet and, you yeah. know, and, and whatnot. Different angles. Different you know, angles. Yeah. yeah. But um, let me ask you this. Go, well, now that we talked about the rise, um, two things. 
the first one, Overthrow, if you want to break that down. Yes, over, how, Overthrow how was and me and my crew. It was a crew that we've assembled uh, just like over time. Mm-hmm. Um, it consisted of me, uh, Sam, Sam Baum, who uh, later went on to work for Red Bull Culture right. and, and right. did a lot for Red Bull. Um, my yep. partner, Alexis Mincola, um, who now is part of this just game-changing industrial metal band called Three Teeth. Okay. Where he got the guy that like engineered like Marilyn Manson and Nine Inch Nails album to come out of retirement to f- work nice. on his album. So it's like mad industrial. Yeah. Right? My other partner, Caleb Gage, um, who now resides in uh, L.A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we started this crew, you know, trying to, you know, make money for ourselves to continue throwing parties and, you know, have fun without having to have a real job. Right. And we started this idea, which was called The Overthrow, which it initially started with this plan to... Every week we'd be at a different party and we were going to be paid to overthrow it. Okay. Kind of curate it, DJ it. Right. Design the flyers. Our flyers and, and our marketing had always been kind of like. You guys have the best. Yeah, it was always, yeah, like, it was always dark, like. Yeah, dark, I ain't, I ain't like, even going to lie. It was better than anyone else's on earth yeah. like, at the time. And we were, Ooh. you know, we were doing crazy shit. Like I remember one party we did. We fucking, we threw some naked girl on stage and sacrificed her. We pretended to like yeah. cut her heart out, you know, like, and people were like. Oh. It was always wild. It was wild, like dark. Yeah, it was God, dark. Yeah, because like, no, know, but it was cool because it was different. You know, well, we we're all like some sick motherfuckers, I guess, which yeah. which that's why we attracted each other. But people are scared to do like, you know, dark shit. Yeah, you know, and and the cool thing about it too is like you realize when when you do dark shit, it's like oh, they're in a cult. Yeah, oh, but, they're yeah. like, but it was, know, they worship the devil. It was so dope because it's, this is like prime pop top 40 yeah. up tempo so it's like Katy perry fireworks and like fucking lady gaga and we're, and we're like sacrificing a girl yeah and you guys are like <laughs> super dark flyer like like upside down crosses like upside down crosses. the most the most like edgy shit and then the you'd go anti- and the music is like i really i really i gotta thank alexis mincola who's just a marketing genius yeah. you know and like i said we all we all like the dark shit and it just it looks cool yeah it looks cool yeah, it attracts people you know yeah you know it just it looks fucking rad right know? people like bad bad guys you know yeah. everyone always likes the bad guy Villain. and that's what we were trying to be like the anti you know yeah, south beach i remember you guys this is uh probably like eight years ago I went to when you guys did a you, you guys did the the uh, Art Basel parties. Yeah, so okay. Art uh, Basel Castle. Right. Um at the time we were looking we, we were finally making money that mm-hmm. we can have an office, a yeah. collective space that we can build a studio in, we could do graphic designs together, we can invite, you know, cuz we were every week we were throwing a party so we had access to everyone that was playing our party wanted to hang out with us for, yeah. you know, a days and we somewhere we could take them. And we were driving through Winwood, which at the time the only thing in Winwood was Cafaina. Yeah, there was no coyo, there was no nope. nothing, there was no racket. There was and it was it was a and it, it was scary to go into yeah, to be honest. Was, yeah, it was Cafaina, which originally was an art gallery. You'd walk in, yeah, and it's like loungy, and in the back it was it was the gallery, and then it had the garden, but it was aimed for more private events. There was nobody in yeah. in Winwood before traffic. us. It was, was called Overtown. Yeah. Pretty and much. we were we we lived on the edge of it, so I remember driving by, and there's this fucking castle. Right. Like, I know the the listeners are not gonna understand, but there's a fucking castle. castle. There's this lunatic woman yeah. that built a warehouse to look like a goddamn yeah. castle. The facade is all like it looks like a 
brick and it looks like it has it like, looks like a medieval fucking yeah, castle like a, and it has it looks it looks like it has those um like those posts like where the people like dude there's gargoyles there's gargoyles outside yeah like, like, there's gargoyles there's a drawbridge right right so good and i just remember telling my partners like and all right i drove by and it says for rent mm-hmm. and i was like I remember just telling my partner, I was like, yo, we need to rent this castle somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so we go and we talk to this lunatic woman who had lives who lives in the castle. Wow. Who and it's a warehouse. It's not like yeah. a real castle. It's like it's a warehouse. Um and she's like, Yeah, she's like, I kinda like you guys. I'm like, you guys are crazy. Like, you know, like she's crazy. Yeah, she was crazy. And she right. she understood what we were trying to do and we didn't have any money. I think we were paying her like four hundred bucks a month. Wow. And she didn't give us the whole castle, but she gave us a very small uh, office, right. which as we grew, we were able to knock down one of the walls and extend our right. office. And that's where we all, all kind of got together. Um, slowly, we ran out of money to keep paying for the castle. And we we were like, Yo, how we how we going to pay for this castle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's throw an event like Art Basel's coming. Like we have every connection, every artist in the world. Let's yeah. see what we could do. And at the moment, Basel was nothing to the level it is. Yeah, now. it was mainly on the beach and it was mainly, you know, in downtown yeah. and it was very, 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 very high end. Yeah. So we reached out to street artists like Nitros, yeah. um, Lamore Supreme, um, a lot of artists that we had connections to and that we could, you know, get Greg Mike, who was our homie from Atlanta, who now is like one of the biggest like pop artists at the moment. But he, he you know, he did the castle for nothing right. when it first started. So we threw the first one just to try to raise money to pay for the year, yeah. you know, because we couldn't afford it. You know, we couldn't even afford four hundred bucks a month. Like, was was the first one the one with uh, with Yellow Wolf? Yes, it was okay. the first one yeah, was with, that one. with Yellow Wolf. Um, which at the time Yellow Wolf was nobody. Like, yeah, you know, he headlined. He had, he had like a little buzz, mixtape buzz. Like. Fast forward like a couple years later, yeah. Travis Scott plays our party yeah. way at the bottom of the flyer. Right, way at the bottom that. of the flyer. I didn't ha- even know who he was. My partners were just like, yo, the agent wants us to book him. Yeah. Like, he, he said he's going to blow up. He used to I'm hang like, in Miami a lot back yeah, in those yeah. days. So. No, this was even before that. Oh, shit. This was even before, before the Jules the, days. Yeah, before, before Jules had ever right. came to Miami. We, right. we had we had brought Travis Scott. And I remember seeing that guy and just being like, wow, this guy gave the most energetic show yeah. I've ever seen. And he was way at the bottom of our flyer. Damn. Gasoffelstein was at the top of our flyer. You know, like... I didn't go that year. I went the the Yellow Wolf year, and, and it was so dope because it was like, to explain to the listeners, like you walk in and it's pretty much like a big parking lot ish area, open area. Yeah. You guys had a stage in the back. The outside walls are like a castle, and in the center right. it's just open. Right. And we built a stage and a Dang, makeshift. You guys had you everything know, was bootleg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was so dope. You guys had like little tent areas. You had we did people doing uh, art all over like, like you said yellow wolf perform I'm trying to think of who else yeah and we learned from from the first one was like yo if we video it and document it correctly right. next year we can ask people to give us money to yeah. put the party on and that's that's what we did you know and, and fast forward also you know we get a call from pharrell that pharrell wants to host the party oh like, fuck. Yo, we didn't ask pharrell pharrell like hit us up like wow. people that he wants to introduce you know people at the party right you know, we didn't do that. And no. the owner was just there sleeping all the time. Oh, she was so wild. She thought we were just out of our out of our mind. She thought we were gonna destroy her castle. Like she yeah. was so scared. That's so dope, man. But yeah, dude, I remember the castle. It was. It was. And she had some dogs that were like, uh, "Did you, if you guys ever went, she just let these dogs roam loose." And she, she, she's like, "I'm not gonna put them in, even when the festival was happening." She had these like four dogs oh that God. looked like goddamn wolves, like real fucking wolves. Holy shit. Which was scary. That's not up to code for sure. Definitely yeah. not. It's now if you drive by, uh, they sell guns out of the castle. Oh, no way. It's like way. an arm. So, Makes sense. Uh, yeah. No way, man. 
Yeah, but I mean, that was I remember that year. It was it was y'all's party, and then there was like ASAP Rocky performing on the other side, which is like Midtown. Like that's yeah, not yeah. even where the pizza spot is, right there in Midtown. Yep. But uh, but yeah, dude, you guys you guys were always like ahead of the curve, and it was so different. And it reminds me of like when you were in the clubs. It's like what people talk about, like in New York or like or in L.A. Like you know, like in the bottle service clubs, you want those people like people wanted that overthrow people yeah you know that that kind of crew in south beach i think we to just make it to make I think it look we just had no idea what we were doing yeah. but we just knew that no one was doing our stuff so that and we could capitalize off of it right you know we can people wanted us to do stuff to the point where we got in demand where it was like yo we can now ask adidas for a hundred thousand dollars and be yeah. like yo we want to put on basil castle or right. you know etc Right, right, right. Fast forward to now, you guys do hard to leave every yeah, year. Yeah, well, this is this is that was the next segue. Into, yeah, so um, I love strippers. <laughs> like I don't think anybody loves strippers, and I'm not talking about like beautiful strippers. I'm talking about like the ratchet one. I'm talking about strippers that work hard. <laughs> it's funny, man. We're talking I, about C-section scars, bullet holes. I just saw tramp stamp for sure. Dude, like and people that can work. The first, the first hard to leave. I remember I was I was dating this girl and like I was like <laughs> she, she was working there. No, 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 she was working. <laughs> but but I was like, yo, like um, you know, I was still trying to like connect with everybody, and I was like, look, I really want to go to this party, and uh, it's at, it's at a strip club. She's like, what? Like what the fuck? Blah 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 blah. And then I mean, it, it was like Gold Rush, like not Gold Rush now, the old Gold Rush, which is like for the people not in Miami, this was like old crusty like yeah we're we're very 11, where the you know you know where the downtown, club 11 resides right, at the moment right. prior to that it was called gold rush it was a fucking nasty giant purple building yeah, with dumb. zebra carpeting yeah. and it just housed the worst strippers on <laughs> earth like it was yeah. it it like the and only thing worse than this place could have been is if the strip club was in like a double wide trailer yeah like, <laughs> I've been to a strip club in a double. Which was one. awesome. Which was like <laughs> which kidding. was like it was awesome. In San Antonio. If you weren't scared of things, yeah. it was it was it couldn't have gotten. And it better. was on eleventh street where it was. It was on eleventh street, yeah, across the street from Quick space. filler. It was also scary to go in. Like, you know, people went to space, but also yeah. it was like uh oh, gold rush, yeah. like I don't know what could happen right. to me in there. I just remember I remember going to space <laughs> and then people being like, We can go to a gold rush and just seeing the little window where you could order food. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, so but uh, real quick, double wide strip club. Yeah, so like it was my partner's idea. We're like, yo, like you know, we like going to strip clubs. Why don't we try to get like it's Miami Music Week. Everybody's in town. Yeah. Why don't we ask them to see if we could play it? If they'll play in a strip club, we didn't pay anybody. And I believe like the first year was, um, I could be slightly wrong about it, but the party also started off as back to backs. Right. Right. I remember, oh, I remember crazy, yeah, crazy yeah. an A-track back to back. Crazy an A-track back to back. Yeah. Skrillex and Nero back to back. Boys Noise and Brodinsky back right. to back. Claude Von Stroke and um, fucking Munchie back to back. And you like, were just asking like, yo, you guys are already Just here. like, yo, people love Come strip through. clubs. And for the most part, wherever you live in the world, they ain't got strip clubs like, like yeah, Miami. Miami yeah. Especially that one. You know, especially that are open past three or that you can be fully fucking nude right. and have alcohol. And bitches and like the where the bitches didn't care. Yeah. Sorry, the strippers. <laughs> yeah. But man, you could man, I remember like, like I remember you, you could film, you could do whatever listen, the fuck you wanted. Listen, in there. Like, and Boys Noise will he will confirm this. He looks over at me and he, he has like a dollar in his hand and he takes it and he puts it on the end of his finger and kind of rolls it around his finger and then 
sticks it into the girl's butt, into her butthole. Yeah. And she just looks over and smiles. Yeah. And he, he was like, yeah. He's like, you see that? Like Miami. And I I, yeah. And I just, I was just like, like, yo, like she, it was only a dollar, yeah. you know? And like, yeah, if it was, it was, if, it, if he's doing it with like a 20, I'd, I'd be like, maybe, yeah, you know, that's the kind of place it was. And like, yo, those people wanted to be there. Yeah. And we were hosting such a great party. We didn't pay any of them, any of them, you know, it was just, and I think it's just, it, it's always been on a Sunday, right? It was groundbreaking. Yeah. So the party was called hard to leave because it's always hard to leave Miami. Right. Um, and that was always like the last one. Yeah. And I think everyone's just like had a crazy week and they're just down to see all the homies hang yeah, out. And, and, a crazy you know, and if you didn't get that expensive Sunday flight and you got the Monday flight, which a lot of the DJs did, you were able to play. Right. Yeah. And it was just an extra. And bro, event. everybody that was there, every, every, every major agent, every major manager, you know, every sponsor. Right. They went because fucking people are scummy and they, they love still, strippers. I mean, they still do. You guys did it. You guys did it this year. Yeah, this I is mean, the eighth year. We have not it. missed a single one. We do Art Basel and we do right. um, Miami Music Week. Right. This is the eighth year we do it. Um, this year was at. Um, so 11, when they bought the property, were able to retain the Gold Rush name mm-hmm. and they now in another club which they recalled gold rush so right. and it kind of it's 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 nowhere near as scummy right um but the girls are fucking ratchet and they yeah. do all there was a girl with a butt plug a big giant diamond butt plug this this, this week not walking around like doing tricks on the pole right you know and showing us the butt plug it's like it shining. was like it was a fucking like it was Trophy. like it was getting a satellite signal right. i don't right. even know it was cute. and people were like oh my god she's wearing pole. a butt plug right right I went to the the Basel one. My I'll, girlfriend's like, is she wearing a butt plug? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's normal. Yeah, I went to the. I didn't go to this one because I was I was still out of town. The last one though was super Loud fucking sigh. Dope. Like I know. This week, this one was really good. Yeah. We had a track, boys noise, craze. Those guys always do the party. Yeah. By the way, um, nitty gritty. Which in due time, that guy will be the biggest artist in the world. Yeah, he's coming up like crazy, man. Um, he's local too, right? Yeah, he's local and uh, whipped cream. I don't know who that is. Uh, she's like a, a young girl DJ. She does like mid-tempo kind of trap stuff. Really okay. cool. Another dope DJ name. Yeah, Whipped whip, Cream. Whipped Cream. Which was funny because like I sent in everyone's riders. Now we have to pay people and get them riders and mm-hmm. approve it by managers because that's the way EDM is. It's corporate. Yeah, it's when Trillion dollar but industry. Wait, so you, on the rider was like, you know, her name Whipped Cream and then all the stuff she liked. But the manager misunderstood that and got her bottles of Whipped Cream. <laughs> oh, wow. But you were telling me you actually paid them... Differently yeah, I paid. I this time I, I was like, man, I was like, what would happen if I instead of wiring everybody the money, I just paid them in one dollar bills, <laughs> and I paid everybody in one dollar bills at the strip club. Amazing. Which I when they first when I first handed them like a you know a brick of money, they're like, damn, like why would he do that? Now he knows I'm gonna spend it, and they did. They spent it all. <laughs> That's me. Like whenever I get paid cash, especially like out of town. In Tampa, like I remember the first few times I went to there Tampa. There was so much money. It was I, like you were stepping on money. It was sad and, and cool at the same yeah. time. <laughs> sad. Like I'm looking at the floor that's just, just covered in ones. And I would just say like, getting paid cash night of is like thirsty the, worst. the best and the worst. It's the best and the worst. Like I like the fact that I have cash because to me I'm like it's like the equivalent of like an extra hundred bucks. But then, like I said, I'm, I was in Tampa, got paid cash, and then they're like, oh, let's go to um, – Odyssey, whatever the yeah. fuck. Oh, yeah. That place yeah. is cool. Yeah. I was on acid the first time I went to that strip club. <laughs> How does that work? Well, I, for about 30 minutes, I couldn't tell if it was a real spaceship or I was imagining that the strip club, because like, I don't know who, yeah, who hasn't Odyssey. been there. Odyssey, yeah. the strip club looks like a spaceship, spaceship. that crashed in a parking lot. Well, they have, a, they have a VIP in the top. 
Yeah. So it's like a building and it has like a big pole and there's an actual spaceship that's in a private room. Yeah, but when you're on acid, like you can't tell what's yeah, real and, and yeah. not. And I'm just like, oh my God, like I'm, what's happening? Like, am I really going into a spaceship yeah. or is this themed like a spaceship? Yeah, yeah. I, remember, I remember one time. And I, they don't serve alcohol. No, it's all BYOB. Unless you, unless you ask. Pay. Yeah, yeah the, the water bottles are like 30 bucks. Yeah, I got a pitcher of tequila, which had never happened in my life. Nice. Hot tequila in a pitcher. So we can talk about your favorite drink. Segue into your favorite drink. The origin of it. I know. I mean, we know the origin of yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, now you, you guys wanna, drink it. Yeah, all the time. I actually um, just had it. I just had it right now in I Chicago. Remember I I, Super I, I told the bar. I think I told you that I asked the bartender for one and she's like, what is that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's not a real drink. So I love tequila. I love to drink tequila. Um, that's just my thing. Um, and I also used to DJ a lot for Red Bull, mm-hmm. which I hated Red Bull. I, I still kind of do but i kind of like it i don't know so they used to make me drink it all the time because when they take pictures you got to look like right. you're drinking it, Selling it which i get it so i started mixing it with tequila which at the time i had never seen or heard of anybody doing it mm-hmm. but i realized if you even put the smallest drop of red bull into the tequila it really masks the hardness of it like it, it it takes away the harsh taste of it and it Fact. gives it like a sweet taste so you can you could drink a shitload of tequila as long as it's mixed with right. red bull and um, I came up with this name called the convertible race car. So good. Yeah, because it's like you're going really fast, but the top's back. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I love hearing the explanation. More so good. Me. And I even told Red Bull people about it. I'm like, yo, I came up with this drink. You guys need to start marketing it. It's Don't called a convertible have, race isn't car. is there a drink somewhere in some bar? Name? Uh, After you? you? Yeah, didn't you get one? Yes. Um, damn, I can't Does remember. Does even Coyo? No. It, uh he doesn't even know. Bro. There was remember, a, there was yeah. a drink named after that. me. Yeah. yeah, it's like some terrible drink. I remember like one of the first times I had that drink. It was, I think we were playing together at Mansion. Yeah, I remember. And, I remember yeah. giving it to you guys, and yeah. you guys being like, "This guy's fucking crazy. We're not. <laughs> yeah. We're getting a heart attack like after drinking this." <laughs> no, we were, and that's when people were like drinking Red Bull, and like they were claiming to die from heart attacks. Do you yeah, remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just chugging that shit. I remember. I remember like we were playing together, and then I look in the in the in the, the <laughs> table, whatever, and then there's like. Two bottles of tequila, like and a no, single can of red. Yeah, yeah, and like one can of Red Bull, and then no the, and then there was nothing else. That was it. And I was like, um, I mean, and I was drinking a lot heavier back then. So I was like, yo, like, what's up? You want to take a shot? He's like, nah, man. He's like, uh, he's like, he's like, you gotta have a convertible race car. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is that, bro? And I was like, bro, I'm good. I'm, no, he's like, no, nah, no, nah, it's a drink. It's a drink. And I was like, all right. People get scared. So like, you make they it creep up on you. And I was like, oh, all right, this is cool. And then. I asked. I remember asking you. You, were, I was like, "Yo, why do you drink this?" And you'd be like, "Bro, he's like, you know how long a bottle of vodka lasts in a in a booth on South Beach when yeah. all these randoms." That was another thing. You at were, the time, no one was. Yeah. Damn, I feel old. But at the time, like these girls weren't drinking tequila like that. At all. You put a bottle of vodka, it was Boom. gone. At at Mansion, tequila it was like could last half all an night. Hour. So you told me that you were like the bottle of tequila that's all night. Shit, you you get a bottle of Hennessy, that should have <laughs> yeah. last a week. Yeah. <laughs> But te- tequila was I I read that it was always it wasn't made to take shots it was made as a drink to sip on yeah like, I believe you're supposed to so, sip on somebody it right just decided yo we should somebody take a shot. some fucking cocaine Patron. addict in Miami was like let's yeah. drink this fast let's just fucking take it to the next level so yeah you would do that and it was like 
Literally I, I definitely want to say that I kind of made that somewhat popular. Yeah, I'd like did. to hope. Yeah. So uh, but I did see it, I did see an advertisement, an actual Red Bull advertisement that was advertising tequila and a blue Red Bull oh, mixed yeah. together. Someone brought it up in a board meeting yeah. after like, partying with you. I met this you. crazy guy in Miami one time. fucking weirdo. He's, he's drinking this, That's and it was kind of good. And after years of testing, and it's safe... I mean, tequila's, tequila's an upper, right? It's supposed to be an upper. Well, yeah. I started drinking because I personally really love rum. Mm-hmm. But I st- when I learned that, like, yo, if I kept drinking rum, I kept getting this, like, beer belly. Yeah. And this, sugar. And this bartender was like, oh, you should switch over to tequila and soda, she had suggested. Yeah. But I can't stand the taste of soda. She's like, but if you drink tequila, there's no calories and it's right. an upper, you know, this and that, no hangover. And to be honest, I've never gotten a hangover from just drinking tequila. Yeah. No, no, it's... it's <laughs> Like if if you drink you. just tequila straight up, you're you're good. You know, if you're mixing with sugars and everything yeah. else. I've never heard of anyone drinking rum at the club. Now I just drink it straight. And Nika, I mean, that's all we drink. Rum, rum is like rum is such a terrible hangover because it's like I just like I'm I have such a sweet tooth that I love I love rum. like you know rum and, rum and coke. Yeah, rum and coke. I mean, that's I started drinking. that. Yeah, but my like, first year DJing, I I ended up getting fat just because like I was always you know and I drink a lot, yeah. so I was like. You know, all these rum and cokes were starting to add up because I don't drink coke on regularly. Yeah. I was only drinking it with rum. Right, that's funny. Yeah. That's another thing too. I I do not drink at all, at all unless I'm working. <laughs> that's weird. I don't crazy. have any alcohol in my house. I you know I I don't go to bars and drink. I only do you think, drink. Can you DJ without consuming alcohol? Yeah, just not as good. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I definitely can, and I have, and I do. I do drink less than I did before, but I don't know. I think we all do. I think like being as drunk as I was back then DJing, because man, I was DJing for a thousand people every Wednesday night, wasted it's, out of my fucking mind. I don't remember like the drunkest that I've ever it's, saw you. It's. I think you you can't deny that sometimes alcohol definitely enhances. Maybe. I don't know that it enhanced it, but it gave me like, Not enhanced, it gives I wasn't you balls. scared. It gives you some balls. I wasn't scared yeah. to like play, you know, whatever. I mean, that's what I mean. Like it enhances. And someone eating. can yell at you and you're just like, I don't even know what she said. Like <laughs> I remember there was times where like if I DJ when I was younger, if I DJ sober, I'd like really think, analyze and think about like, bro, if I play this song, I don't know. But if you have a couple of drinks, you're like, man, yeah. I'm going to play this shit. Yeah. And for better or worse, it would either work out or not. I'm kind of the other way around. I also, for some reason, I thought it was cool to drink, you know, so I would always like just start oh, chugging I mean, yeah. as fast, fast <laughs> as I could. <laughs> <laughs> I also tell everyone it's my birthday. So everyone's oh, always like, right. we haven't even touched that. Pause. <laughs> Yeah. I remember, when I, when I, I first started going out, I had I, I was like broke all the time, and I realized that if I just told everyone at the club it was my birthday, people would buy me drinks, and I wouldn't have to, you know, spend like any the, money. That's like the modified effect because effect will shop people out and saying like, "Yo, it's Obi's birthday," but you would be like, "It's my birthday." <laughs> yeah, on the mic, you'd be, like, be like by myself. I'm I like, "Hey, it's my birthday." I didn't catch on to it until like a couple times. I was like, yeah, I was like, you, wait, no, he said that like yeah. three weeks His ago." His birthday was like three weeks. And ago. then, and then when it, I remember when it was really your birthday, I'd be like, "Yo, yeah, no one believed me." Yeah, I'd be like, "Is it really your birthday?" You'd be like, "Yeah, man." I'd be like, "I remember the manager of the club like." She had to ask like four or five people, like, "Is it really his birthday? Should we get a cake, or is he lying again?" And then, then you just started telling everyone it was their birthday. I realized it just it, automatically. You could be dying of cancer, and if somebody told you it was their birthday, it just cheers you up, <laughs> yeah. and it makes you want to take a shot with them. 
<laughs> I think it just goes back to everyone just wanting to hang out with you and and like fuck with you like that because they're like. But know, it just it honestly evolved for me being broke, and I was just like I couldn't afford my own drink, so I was I like, mean, it's just practical. Everybody will buy a person whose birthday it is, you know. Yeah, you. And honestly, I think because no one ever lies about that except for me. <laughs> no one's like, okay, well, show me your ID. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. But where do you see Miami going now that you've gone through? Uh, you've gone through all the kind of. Stages. You know, Miami's in a weird place right now because um, it's not like the Wild West that it used to be. Right. The Wild East, I guess. Um, it is more organized. It is more strategic. There are a lot more dollars being in, invested into clubs and and bookings. Right. You know, um, we did go from from mansion and live style clubs and set, Mm -hmm. you know, where it was big, hard to get into high cover prices, you know, very exclusive high drink high to now everything moving to Wynwood and more of a bar scene or a craft cocktail drink or, you know, most of the gigs I play now in Miami, you know, outside of like the bigger clubs, it's, I play a lot of old school hip hop, like Mm nineties, you know, hip hop. Um, you know, and that's kind of where I see it going. And I've, I've been traveling, you know, a bit and it kind of seems that way everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Everywhere is slowly catching on to like it. It. I definitely think it's something that, you know, a lot of, you know, the managers and the business side of EDM was like, OK, well, I can ask for four hundred thousand dollars for Calvin Harris and somebody will pay for it. But in order for us to afford Calvin Harris for $400,000, that means we have to, you know, only let in these kind of people, you know, only charge, you know, charge 150 bucks at the door, this and that. And it kind of is going that way everywhere. We're like, really like all the artists that are being booked kind of at the same part affect the whole scene in general. Right. You know, because it, it, it went from open format to really big DJs, and then we want to stick to play, having big DJs, but we now can't afford the big DJs because the big DJs aren't selling that many tickets mm-hmm. to people going to, you know what, it's such a hassle and so expensive to go to live. I'm just going to go to Wynwood and have a drink, and I'm probably going to have a way better time. Yeah, right. Talk to your No friend, disrespect to live, but it's just like, that's the way it comes. Like, yo, a person that's like worked all week and like, yo, they're going to wait at the door. They're going to charge yeah, them that it's much. It's like more work to go to I don't to know. Any clubs. local that go to live or story or, I mean, Rockwell only like, I guess like young, really young girls, but. Yeah, and I don't mean it's, that in negative. I, mean, yeah, I just from my for me yeah. for me like being able to be to have played Ultra Music Festival and played Koyo Taco, mm-hmm. you know, and everywhere in between. I just like that's the way I kind of see it. Like the bar scene's kind of winning, yeah. and if you can come up with a cool bar, you can make just as much as you did at Live, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm not talking about the DJ, but I'm talking about the club too. Well, the even venue, yeah. even the DJ even too, the DJ, if yeah. you. Like you know, do it right. Start of your course. own events. Man, I make more. Weekly. I make more money in Winwood than I do on the beach. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, or in traveling. So that's why yeah. I don't even travel as much because I can, you know, get paid well in in my own city. Yeah, we talk about that all the time. Like a lot of these venues, just because you know, at one eight hundred Lucky, you have no cover, no no dress code. Like it's so important for them to book a good DJ that's gonna curate the vibe, so people are not like, you know what, I don't like this guy. Let's go to the next place. So it's very important to book good DJs, and that's why. Yeah. Yes. Know, yes. You know, Especially like when it comes to like the bar scene, mm-hmm. you know, because it is music driven. If the music did suck, or you did have like somebody, <coughs> excuse me, like you did have a big DJ that's like, well, I only play, you know, my own shit. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not really gonna, I'm not really gonna play like you know the '90s hip hop or dance music, you know it doesn't it doesn't work. Right. So right. yes, you know, good DJing is important in certain, you know, in certain. Uh, yeah, I mean, like at Wood, that's, I mean, I, I Wood especially too. I feel like I feel like Sven over. Like I can't play EDM at Wood, you yeah. know. Like everyone will just walk right out and go. Yeah, I send every DJ that I've had as a guest. I have like a guideline thing that I send them, and it's like in bold, like no EDM, no trap, bootlegs, no, you know. But it's also like, like this, like just common sense. Yeah, like, yeah. Why would you play any of that there? You know, like people don't want to hear no fucking. I do think like the kind of DJs that do play at Wood or mm-hmm. Koyo are far superior than, you know, the DJs that even play at these bigger clubs because right. they understand what's going to really get the cl- the crowd moving. Yeah. You know, they have no egos. Mm. And um, you really got to read the room, you know? Yeah, that. reading the room as opposed to, you know, the big top DJ that's just going to, is only going to play for an hour and 15 right. minutes because that's all they're contracted to do. And they're typically only going to play, you know, what they want. Yeah, their shit. Which, yo, and if you've earned that, you deserve it. You know, right. like there right. are some people that like, yo, I worked hard enough that like I want to play an hour and 15 minutes of my own music. And if you don't like it, then you shouldn't have booked me. Yeah. And I get it. Yeah, but it, well, when you're at that point, it's because you've made it to that point. You know? Yeah, and you're selling tickets. You're, and you're like, hard, people, hard tickets yeah. people are there to see you. Like, you know, granted, like people do go to see you at at uh wood right. but i wouldn't say people aren't going to go to wood if you're if, oh, you know and, and that's not you know, right. I'm not you know you know what i mean and i feel the same way for me like you know people aren't for the most part coming to see me play at 1-800 lucky they're coming because they know and they trust that 1-800 lucky always has a good dj that plays what we want to hear you know what let me ask you this yeah what's your most memorable opium group mansion days south beach like What's that story that you're like, yo? Man, at the same time, like, I love and I hate them, but I know for a fact that we wouldn't even be having this conversation. I'd probably still Uh, be working for my dad if it wasn't for them. You know, but um, working for them was, like, always really tough because um, they never cared about what you thought, Mm -hmm. you know, or your input. They had their own set mind set. And, and, you know, looking back at it, like, yo, if you're the boss, like, you've earned the the fact to be like, yo, I'm the boss. I don't really give a fuck what you think. Like, this is it. Um, but man, I've had so much fun there. Yeah, I always tell people like, like I mean, it really made me the DJ I am today. Yeah, we 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 all busted our asses to get there, and then when we got there, we were kind of like, uh, "This is it." But then, <laughs> yeah, but then we look back. I mean, and and you felt like, "Oh, this is it." But then, as the night went on, there was always, bro, there was always points. There was not a night where I was DJing for fucking thousands of thousands of people and i was like bro this is really fucking cool i, like, ne- I point, never I, thought it sucked like i was never that's, that's what i'm saying i, I was always happy i always showed up fucking an hour and a half early right and i was the last person to leave every right, time no matter right. what i mean on all the, all the bumps in a row were never like i was it never got so bad to the point i think i thought it was just part of like oh this is how like this is how it is part of the job man so you're just what we signed up then you realize that like yo it wasn't (laughs) everywhere else i played everyone was so nice and respectful and had Mm. my input was you know valued and and as a dj because like yo as the dj the club is all in your hands like if i was to suck or if i was to be like you know what Fuck everybody. I close my laptop and I walk right out there. I'm not going to do a goddamn thing because yeah. there's not anybody that can cover, you know, that, that could have gone back on, right. you know, but, um, yeah, I think they just looked at us as replaceable at the time. Yeah. I, you know, it, it really, I had so much aggression when I left, 
you know, because I, I think everybody, I mean, I was owed so much money. 50, 50. I thought I was like, you know, just, you know, my value was nothing after all that I, you know, at least that I thought I did, you know, like, you know, I really worked my ass off to, to make sure that every Wednesday and Friday night were as great as I could possibly DJ. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of people kind of left that way, but at the same time you reflect and your conflict, conflict mentioned it a lot, how it's like, you know, you're, you can feel bad or, or you can feel some kind of anger, but at the end of the day, like it's still better than sitting in a fucking desk, you know? Of and course, like, of course, of course. It's and just we like, have to be thankful of like the kind of position that these people let us course be in, you know but. of course course yeah man i mean like they get a bad you know bad rep and and working for like people like justin levine were were not always great days mm -hmm. like you know because that guy always can tell you what was on his mind but he also showed me a lot of love so i can't right i can't i can't hate him too much right but where's my money <laughs> <laughs> i mean they owe a lot of people thank god i was only not owed that much uh money that i was i was just able is to that like a thing like do people talk about how much money they're on oh, i mean uh, numbers are not thrown out but everybody has every local guest that's played there has talked that you know i'm gonna let you guys in on a secret that i don't think i've told anybody well you told me i but, told you yeah, I, yeah, I did yeah. tell you but we'll talk um, about um <laughs> being that i'm such a friendly nice guy and people so just funny. gravitate towards loving me one person I immediately made friends with when working with Opium Group was the accounting department, Smart. you know, because I bring her avocados from my tree. I would, you know, compliment her on her, you know, her, her look. <laughs> I got paid so many times for days I didn't DJ. Because <laughs> <laughs> the good. Opium Group scheduling was so fucked oh, up, the worst. you know, and I was I played so much that she just assumed I would play on certain days and I got paid so many days I never worked. There you go. That it kind of made up for all the, you know, right. money I didn't get paid. Right. Because right. I was owed like seven grand when, when I when I stopped working with them. Right. But you know, were, I must have made it an extra ten grand. If, were, if you made the math, you're, hey, you came up Damn, on time. There's some DJs that might hit you up like, yo, you owe me money. I think you got some of my cut, bro. <laughs> like Should have made friends with the accounting department. Yeah. Yeah. When we left, when we left, it wasn't that bad. Like it's only I, like two nights. Yeah, yeah. You know what? But I. I was the one that played every night saying, somewhere. It was, people, it was at, people like you, you know, like Juan, like like Conflict. And Juan left before me, which no. he got, he probably got lucky and got paid. No. I mean, um, like, there's other DJs that we won't name that, like, I yeah. know are old. Actually, there is something I want to talk about. I let, hello? I let Opium Group kind of like, I made, you know, to me, I felt like I had no other option. Like, they yeah. were the biggest club, and I, I could probably, I wouldn't be able to play if it wasn't for them. Well, a lot of people, yeah, we, we've talked like about that. it because we, we feel like a lot of people, there was a point. I thought like if I didn't play there, like I wouldn't be a DJ anymore. I wouldn't have any gigs. And I mean, no. at the time it just made sense because it was like, yo, these guys have the hottest clubs on the beach and there's five of them. And, yeah. And we're the only and it was, ones, and, we're the and, only DJs in this collective. Like, but when I left, I realized like, yo, it was the opposite. Like mm -hmm, not yeah. only am I getting paid double triple what i was making with them but like i can play more and i have more options yeah. and people Are you nice. know want me you know I, I immediately started playing at live it's kind of like a breakup it's like you're like you go through that point where you're like you break up and you're like if I, I mean before you break up you're like damn then i'm gonna be single i'm not gonna get like anything and then like when you break up you're like i mean when you leave a bad relationship it is scary especially like i said like i love to dj like was i going to be able to dj like who's going to want to book me like where do i go from here and and honestly i just realized like yo is if you just keep hustling yeah 
you will continue DJing. Yeah, every I, I, to, to me, it's funny because I've I've had similar conversation. It's like yo, like you're like damn, like I'm doing all these big rooms, and what are people gonna think, or what, are, what you know, where's my career gonna go, whatever. But then you're just like yo, like like I have that shit on my resume. I did it. I was there when it was on top. Yeah. I think everyone's just scared of like you know because when you're in that mo- moment, it's a scary job. Yeah, you know, it is a scary job because there's nothing is guaranteed. Because you, because yeah. we always had that like, oh yeah, I play a mansion, I play a Louis, I play. It. But then when that goes away, it's like, where do you play? Yeah, um. no man, and like you know, <coughs> the only advice I also can like, because I, I get a lot of like young DJs. It's like, yo, you know, how how can I be like you? Like, how can I get more gigs? Like, what should I do? And from my opinion, like what got me so many gigs was actually going out to every club, you know, throwing down, taking mm-hmm. tequila shots and making friends with them and reminding them that like, yo, I am a DJ. I still exist and I am sick and you can book me. Yeah. You know, no one's going to get, no one's going to book you if you're at, at your house waiting to get booked, right. Yeah. you know, and, or even, or even you're interacting with these people. I know people that would come out to our gigs and just stand on their phone behind us. And I'm like, and then they would come the next week and be like, "Yo, I, I want to come through. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna show up late." And I'm like, "Well, you've been here five times. Do you not know the door guy? Do you not know the security?" Yeah, they, like, you know, yo. Another thing too is like, I immediately when I when I first started going into clubs, maybe it's just because I'm also polite. It's like, "Yo, hey, I'm Obi. Right. Like, what's up, man? Like, hey, how's it going? Like, nice to meet you. This yeah. and that." So like, I don't have no problem walking in anywhere I need to go. Right. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it goes back to being a, it's my being birthday a fucking every human. fucking week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah, it's your fucking birthday. You're at their venue, so definitely gonna get bugged. Yeah, man, I do. I do. Uh, I would like to put that message out to DJs like, yo, you want to DJ more? Like, go to the venues you want to DJ and make friends with those people and make it known that you are a DJ. Yeah, be, yeah, a, and, and, be a decent person. Yeah, and, and do it, do it the right way, but and not expecting like so many times. Like, don't be the DJ that's like, okay, well, I'm gonna do it for a hundred bucks. Yeah. No, it's about being cool because like you would hit us up to open for you all the time and it's just because we would hang with you like like I I don't even know we had a good time you had heard us play sometimes and then you'd be like yo like are you busy can you come and open I gotta do this I mean you guys were you guys are you guys are great DJs you know and it it, uh, you know it it, it takes a it made my job easier (laughs) (laughs) honestly I mean it was definitely fun playing with you you always like especially the environment we were in yeah. i was like well you know this guy's headline at least i know like it's not gonna be so fucking stressful because he's gonna yeah. make sure it's a fun and then, fun and then like they like they said to me the the best was always like like towards the end of your set and beginning of my closing set it'd be like all right like i already know this, shit, this dude's not gonna play <laughs> like i'm already fucking like super fucking lit i know obi's kind of lit so the <laughs> last sure. half an hour, we just take like mad shots and it just, yeah, like, you know, and we were show. lucky because the manager would let me, you know, she, she trusted that I, I could not, you know, you know, I knew what I was doing. Yeah. I wasn't like, just like, oh, I'm going to play whatever I want. Oh, no, no, no. But I, I was going to play whatever I want that I knew that they would like. Yeah. Yeah. And the energy was always like super, super good. Like. Yeah. yeah, man. Like it was like a lot of good times, yeah. you know, and I was also like very, I, I wanted you guys to be around me. I wanted people to be around me. I wanted people in the booth as opposed to like, you know, a lot of DJs like, okay, wait till I'm done. Right. No, oh, always, don't, don't drink that bottle. You didn't get any drink tickets. Right, yeah. <laughs> you didn't get any drink. <laughs> you're like, you were, you were the one like, yo, get this guy a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Why doesn't he have his own bottle? Yeah. So much oh, drinking, man. man. Like my liver is just hurting from. 
you know, I also learned a lot playing Mansion at, uh, you know, from Conflict. I played every Wednesday with him, mm-hmm. like for four, four, four or five years, something yeah. like that. You know, he's a fucking phenomenal DJ. Yeah. You know, and he, you know, he taught me a lot of rights and, and wrongs, which are ma- mainly I'd made the wrongs. But, <laughs> 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 but I could also, I learned, you know, uh, how to control a room, how to yeah. go up and down. Because before, when I first started DJing and I first started playing that room, I just went up. The 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 up BPM yeah I, not not just up BPM but the yeah. energy just went up and by five o'clock we were just so fucking <laughs> up there yeah. honestly actually come to think about it it was the first time I saw Rocktacon play mm-hmm. he was the first DJ that I had ever seen take a room up and down up and down up and down energy wise and it just it 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 people stayed longer the energy stayed you know and it it, it kind of kept the room longer and he was one person that I really like I was like damn I got to do it like him. Yeah, like a light bulb went off in your head. Like yeah, I remember oh, seeing him. I can't like maintain this I energy. can't just, I just can't keep bringing the energy up like for yeah. like two hours, like you know. And especially when, uh, when you have a, like a closer or like that's yeah, because like, you know too, you got to leave your closer, you know, in the right place. Like you don't want to be playing the biggest songs, and then he's just gonna go into like you know a chill set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're like at a at level fucking 50 at the end of your set, you've been at level 50 for two hours. It's like, uh, right. Oh, I got to I got to say something that I fucking hate. And this goes to all you motherfuckers out there that are still opening for fucking, you know, headlining DJs. If you're fucking opening, get the fuck out of the way when it's time to connect the stuff or help me connect the shit. <laughs> I got all these fucking new DJs that it's like it's my turn to DJ and it's like they're still fucking standing there. Right. And it's like at least move so I can fucking plug in this cable or Teamwork. I can work. Yeah, like, I always do that. I always help everybody. Like, yo, did this happen recently? Yo, this guy, it happens like every time I get upset, one. Of, bro. Yeah. Bro, I'm not even gonna say. It we're gonna have gonna, to chop. He's, he's gonna know exactly. We're gonna have to chop it up and put this in the beginning. Well, no, the beginning is pretty good. I bro, guess. it's like. If you're the opening DJ, know your fucking place. It's to play the opening set and to set up the the next right. person. I'm not. Know. That's not my ego talking. That's like just etiquette. Nah, it's annoying. And if you take it, if you take the energy way up, it it leaves us in a bad place. You know yeah. where 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 do you go from that? But it's when I like need to plug in my fucking you know USB cable yeah. to the mixer and I play in HID mode, so I need to go around. It's when you're not gonna move out of the right. fucking way and your girlfriend's still standing up there dancing like a fucking lunatic. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. I know you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah, it's like they wait for you to set up so that they think that like, oh, they could keep playing because you're not ready. But yeah, and I I get it. You should keep playing, but get the fuck out of the way so I can connect easier. At least like I don't have to go all the way around. He should be the one putting like, I don't know, like we should be helping me take the cable to the other side or et cetera. We play. We play. uh, I'm not saying here's my shit connected. I'm saying like make it accessible so that I can connect. And yeah, I'm not we play, struggling. We play back to back or like one after another. And it's just like common sense. Like I'm plugging yeah, his you're gonna and move he's over like to the side and like like, a, yeah, I'm going to play, but like you can still, I don't need, I don't need to be hogging up like, the entire, you know, fucking. And to me, to me, like if I'm still playing and he's going to jump on, like if we're going to plug into the mixer, like I would grab the cable. Cause I'm like, I'm still playing or like, you know, like common like, sense would say, yeah, yes, help right. him grab the cable and plug it in. We're going to chop Ma'am. this clip up and make it a PSA. Bro, mm-hmm. man, like. <laughs> There's this one guy especially, and he's just like he he's a fucking fist pumping bro. And last week I went to play this pool party, and him and his girlfriend just won't fucking move. 
And I'm like, hey, can you move my shit? Oh, but we're dancing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on next and I need to connect my shit. Oh, well, okay. Well, I guess if you have to play. This is good. I'm like, oh, it's like you, your, your fucking boyfriend is opening. He just started. He got here at 11 a.m. This is really good. It's 3 p.m. now. And people are sh- showed up. Now you got to stop dancing. And right? another thing is I don't smoke cigarettes. <laughs> don't fucking leave the fucking DJ booth full of like ashtrays and cigarettes and like oh man I hope this guy's listening to the podcast for bro. sure not he's like a fucking <laughs> he's like a house bro <laughs> but I was so mad and I was like I was like you think you're gonna move so that I can connect I oh need, yeah yeah just one more song I need he leaves me with 30 seconds left to connect all my shit Oh, and then he did he pull one of those like oh alright bro I'm gonna get out of the way and just yeah like, he did yeah. that and just walked away to the bar and I was like I took his USB and I just fucking threw it. <laughs> I, was, I was so upset. And I, you know I'm not. A, I never get upset or I never voice really my. Good. But I was just like, yo, after like, this guy does it every fucking time I play with him. Oh, so you play with him often. The club will book like a, a, a you know, a few openers. Right. And he, sometimes I get the, the short straw. <laughs> Bam. But I'm just saying, if you were an opener DJ and you want to accomplish more in this life. Yeah, it's common. I mean, I mean, have some person. etiquette and help that DJ set up. Kind of common sense, you know. Yeah. Like I like to, and I and I do it for the closer. I will. I'm not gonna just be like, okay, Miami, I'm gone. Okay, <laughs> okay no, <Miami>. exactly, exactly. <laughs> I do it. Like I've, I've been, sorry, that was my Steve Angelo voice. <laughs> Miami. We've been we've been in both positions, and then at the same time, like what I don't understand is like I've opened, I've headlined, I've the, played all night. But like, when people when people do that, what what I'm getting at is I'm like if. If I'm gonna be a dick to you while you're gonna come up next and the music cuts out, who's the one that looks like a dumbass? Both of us. And the crowd's I'm just the one like, that's obviously you're not better than me because you're you fucking started at eleven AM. And that's why you're not you know you know, not, that's not my ego talking, but like we can see who's more important here. So help me yeah. help you. And it only benefits the crowd. Like if yeah. some shit goes wrong, then it's like I just think they don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back common to sense common sense. Common, bro. You're a fucking noob. <laughs> common sounded sense personal. is pretty common. No, I guess, common? It, I, just, I, I guess it just got me riled up. I haven't smoked any weed today, so I'm like kind of... Well, is there any... I mean, I, I said we were going to be done, but fuck it. Um, is there any WMC, anything that from this last year that you have any comments, highlights, or like what do you see like... What do you think? Um, what do you think of WMC this year? I've been a part of Miami Music Week like heavily for I guess ten years now. Like I've thrown a lot of parties. Mm-hmm. I go out a lot to network because I knew if I wanted to be a big DJ, I had to meet everybody. I had to like no. really bro down, like you know, and like to the point where like now I can say I'm friends with Armin Van Helden. That's amazing. You know, like to me, like 10 years ago, I would have dreamed of that. You know, because yeah. he was like the dude I was playing all his shit. Right, you know, but right. like. I think stuff like that is what, you know, people need to do also is like you need to fucking network during Miami Music Week. Mm-hmm. Party wise, I wasn't impressed this year as as prior years. I feel like Miami Music Week was at least when it started was to break new artists, to yeah. have more unreleased shit, have, you know, to be a little more wowed. Yeah. It seemed this Miami Music Week it was all just like underground techno. Yeah. You know? I feel like there's been a lot of techno like it's big right now, and yeah, I get it. Huge. And I get it, but there wasn't enough diversity. And every party I went to it was like the same, same set. Yeah. And even some of the bigger EDM parties, I'm definitely not going to say their name, but like they were playing shit from like 2011. Yeah. 
why? Yeah. <laughs> why have not we even, not all heard not even that? Like, not even like reboots. Not even like... Not even a reboot. Like trying to go for the nostalgia. Have we not already heard Epic Motherfucker like yeah. a million times? I heard somebody play Epic, uh, Sandro like Silva. Times. Uh, I heard it like... Sandro Silva, like shout out to that guy yeah. for having the song last so fucking I long. I heard I heard somebody play like two months ago and I was like, wow, I haven't played this in forever. And then at like the, the spring break gig, then at Chicago, I played it. It's like people fucking like like react to it. But I mean I feel like though Miami Music Week should be for the educated, for like the people that are, you know, I feel like we're better than right. the the Vegas. Uh, please don't judge me but like in edm wise we're like better than some of america's like other edm scenes like yeah. it's it's very niche here it's like you know there's yeah. a, there's a lot of fucking it's, talent it's, it's super, this week here that's that's super smart like it should be like that it shouldn't be just a generic shit like i'm saying i played it in like yo not top 40 crowds but like yeah not not or, at a pool party i would expect to hear new shit or like a fucking reboot or like some wild shit you know but like 99% of my set this week, and I played like 11 times, mm-hmm. 99% of it was unreleased ID shit. Nice. You know, nice. which, you know, I'm, I'm, I am able to get a lot more unreleased shit than the average DJ, but mm-hmm. ain't nothing stopping you from digging. Exactly. It's out there somewhere. Yeah. But I feel Especially like- if you're a big DJ, I'm sure... Kids want to send you their shit all the time. But I feel like a lot of the, I mean, I, I've seen like a lot of the big DJs, EDM DJs, like they'll just do some like cheap kind of like, oh, I'm going to play this hip hop song. And like people are going to go crazy because I don't play hip hop. I don't even like, think I don't even think that 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 applies anymore because me. everybody's already, yeah, already yeah, yeah. done it. I but, think that, but, but I'm saying they, that they were doing that, that idea. and now they're going back to playing like 2011 house but, bangers. But you know what else? You know what else is, is, is popping? Uh, like the emo shit, like the what? Like rock shit. Like, oh, yeah. Like yeah. the rock breakdown instead of now it's. Okay, since hip hop is like top forty again, now it's gonna be like Panic at the Disco. Like. I'm also though I've never been like I kind of hate mashups and bootlegs. No offense to like you guys that make them and like you I don't know. make mashups. No, but like you know, like I like I like Chisel a lot. Chisel's my homie, and he he kills props, it with his bootlegs. Props to Chisel. Yeah, props to He's Chisel. He's an avid listener and supporter. Yeah, shout he out, got, shout out to Chisel. I, I still really have like your that. shirt. He got mad mad support this week. I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's chain smokers. It. You know, but I personally I don't like to play bootlegs. I don't like to play edits because. I am able to play both the songs and I can DJ them and make my own live edit or mashup right. or stuff like that. But when I hear fucking uh, living on a dream into epic that yeah, this that at, a- in 2019, it just like, it's like, why did that guy get to play the main slot? You know, like, I mean, you could say that about a lot of the guys, but yeah, it, unless, it goes back to unless they're producing some like wild shit. And like, like the only, I mean, you said nitty gritty, like that dude's like on the super come up, and I've I've heard his name for years, but unless you're like Fisher, who's like the <laughs> the new guy, yeah, I know. yeah, yeah, like the the new kind of name, big name, I guess, I don't know, like yeah. the, the only that's the He's only, it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. How many times did you hear that track? I heard week? a lot. My friend Spin Style, shout out to Spin Style. He's got this sick edit of it. Where he put a McDonald's commercial in the breakdown. Uh-huh. It's like some McDonald's like so advertisement. Good. And right before it drops, it goes, da-da-da-da-da, I'm loving it. It was pretty fucking good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. Damn. Yeah, uh, but, uh, shit, I mean, we can keep going. I did want to talk about uh, the confession stuff. Confession. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The record label. Okay. 
I was very, very fortunate enough to um, start working with uh, the artist Chami. Okay. Uh, who I mean, he just headlined Ultra, and he headlines yeah. a lot of fucking Super talented. His, his sound is like one of the... Like, yeah, he definitely super, has super his dope. very own sound and kind of paved his own way. And and aside from that, that guy's produced for like Lady Gaga. Yeah. He he fucking engineered Taki Taki. Like he his oh, his his uh, his credits are massive. Nice. And uh, on top of that, he is one of the nicest guys I've ever fucking met in my life. Um, he gave me position to or the position of A and R for his record label, oh, which shit. is Confession. Nice. I've been working with him for about like eight months, signing all the new tracks, which is really. I don't know how to say this, but has really given me like new light on on DJing and being able to to get back into playing dance music and EDM because the label is so fucking cool. Not just because I work there, but the label is so fucking cool. The kind of music we put out isn't like anybody else's. It's a mix of G house. It's a mix of like you know house and and dance music. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, man, just like. That's that's another reason why this this year, you know, I was able to play so many unreleased tracks because nice. I have that access. Nice. But it really gave me a whole new like perspective on like what I should be doing. You know, I yeah. shouldn't just try to keep playing this club stuff. I do have a new avenue and, and you know, I should try to, you know, definitely pursue that. Nice. Awesome, man. We're definitely looking forward to hearing what you got coming out too. you know, like. Yeah, I'm definitely working sound. on a lot of music. Um, I've been bringing back uh, Caligula. Nice, nice. There's an album on the works. Wow. I'm excited about that. Damn, damn. I think the Oops remix is still my yeah. favorite. Yeah, I still get, to be honest, <laughs> like, that Oops. Oops track is A like, lot of people ask me for people, it. People still ask me, they're like, oh, Oops is my favorite song. I'm like, damn, what about the other hundred songs? <laughs> oh, you, you make other music? <laughs> that, was, that was like, a, you, you made know what? The you know which one I played a lot? I used to play a lot at Mansion was... Uh, and I know you're gonna like. I know which one. Okay, <laughs> which one? I can't remember the name. The fucking uh, was it? I mean, it was one of those cheesy. Yeah, it was one of those cheesy. Uh, with the saxo beat. Saxo beat. Saxo beat. Yeah. That's terrible remix. Yeah. I can't believe you played it, dude. But I mean, but it was like. I remember hearing you play it and being like, "This man is crazy. What is he <laughs> playing this song? It's terrible." It was like one of my go-to like I remember opener. Tracks. I liked I liked hearing you play it a lot more than I did it. It's I mean, it was it was a dope. I, it was like a dope opening track. I didn't know how to mix or engineer or fucking. It just sounded. It worked. I mean, um, people need the song. It was like that's back then is when like those kind of remixes were dope, you know, because yeah. it was a song that people knew, and then beefed up into like a club something that you could listen to in a you know function one system. Yeah, I, honestly, man, that's a that, this working with this label though. It really gives me. Um, it inspires me to to know that there's still fucking music making millions of dollars that isn't Ariana Grande. Yeah. You know, that, that this dance music is still alive. Because honestly, up until I think it was about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. I was just so discouraged with dance music and EDM that yeah. I was just like, man, like it doesn't even exist anymore. Like mm-hmm. no one's playing it. Everyone's just playing Migos. And then I get booked to play EDC Vegas, real small stage, but I got to play EDC Vegas Mm -hmm. and watching over a million people get together to fucking watch EDM music. I was like, this shit ain't dead. This shit's bigger than it's crazy. It's crazy because like I've I've, like, yeah, everyone thinks like, oh, EDM's dead. But when I've been traveling, like I see it like right now in Chicago, I played a lot of EDM. I mean, but it's also Chicago, like home of house music, but it's still there. It's just us here in Miami went through such a big... Like, I think it was everywhere. I, but, I honestly think it was everywhere. But I mean, but people in Texas still play. Like, I have friends that play, like, but, like, we don't, like, 
I mean, at some of the venues, we don't really play it, you know? Like, I think it's just going to, like, more of a niche yeah. crowd where, like, the people that really fuck with it, fuck with it and, like, right. are enjoying it. Not, and not I definitely want to stand up for it because all the people that here are like, oh, EDM's dead. That shit ain't dead. That shit's bigger than fucking everything else yeah. still, you know? Yeah, Cal- just, Calvin Harris is still going to make 400 grand right, a right. show. It's just a different... Tiesto's still going to get 300 grand a show. Right. It's just a different. It's not as big as it was in the club, like for DJs, like open format DJs. But there's, it's still yeah, because I mean, it's, it's just another. It's not on the radio. I mean, yeah. But after reggaeton passes and the next wave passes, right. and the, it'll come back. It'll come back for sure. It'll come back. No, for sure. Like yo, I remember you guys remember like if you played reggaeton in a fucking at set, club. At set, I, I think you weren't allowed to. Play you weren't. You were like not only like ripped off the DJ booth you were like cause that shit was ghetto and yeah. nobody wanted to hear that yeah. now reggaeton's like the biggest fucking genre in the set, world or something I'd set I got told something for playing like a gasolina like transition same, same with Mansion I remember yeah. just like reggaeton is not to be played it's not like yeah. it brings a ghetto crowd but it's, it's a, not that. what happened what happened here I think that is because it was one of the big hubs like same thing as the EDM bubble. But like yo, it, I'll, it, play in, I'll play in Charleston, South Carolina and they're fucking singing and they don't even speak Spanish they're right. singing the words you know right right but but I mean I'm talking about like when it died the first time like it was so big and then it died and it became so taboo and then when it slow, when EDM died was like oh shit what can we bring back and then it's like uh you're like oh yeah yeah that's fine yeah and same with hip hop like oh hip hop encourages fighting and it's ghetto and brings in the uh, 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 a yeah. bad crowd but now like you know Migos are the most popular artist in the world yeah, like also, how do I not play yeah there's a while right. where you couldn't like hip like ghetto hip hop like rap music yeah. wasn't allowed and that was hard for me because all I knew was southern hip hop yeah you know like uh, traveling to Atlanta so much like yeah, all like, my shit was just fucking strip club music like 50 BPM to 70 BPM like you had it all like, it was just <laughs> yeah. boom, boom, boom boom for real grimy shit I think because I, I I've always thought that I was a good I knew what the crowd wanted whether they knew it or not like and you know and it's also the way you would mix it too because you would quick mix like i realized that the, i learned to quick mix because I, I i knew now i i had figured it out i was like they want dubstep mm-hmm. they want the big bangers but they can't hang on to it for 45 seconds yeah, yeah. they could do 30 seconds of it they could yeah. do 15 seconds but they cannot do the whole because then drop. it's like you almost let them have time to think about wait they're like damn actually to? this is uh, i don't like this <laughs> yeah this is weird <laughs> like you need to like almost get them and get out and so they forget but it was such a good flow because they're like oh this is dope and i like it for 15 seconds and it's like okay then i like drake because i like that you would do it so seamless because it'd be like 15 20 seconds 15 20 seconds and it was just like and then you would it was the only way i was able to play a lot of those tracks Mm -hmm. because i would see other djs play the same stuff i would play but they would let the whole drop and then go into the next breakdown and 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 it's like people are just like looking at you yeah and that time, that's like the sweating time. When wow. you, you and drop. every, all to, to, to like the ignorant people, all EDM is techno. Oh, yo, bro, you gonna play techno all day? Yeah, bro. <laughs> the good shit. I was like, I haven't even started playing techno. But uh, yeah, man, I just wanna thank you for you know, giving you. us your no, time. Thank, thank you guys. Nah, Damage goods. MIA. Let's MIA. plug in. Uh, I am MIA. Let's plug in all your socials <laughs> yeah, or yeah, yeah. whatever you I am, people I know. am damaged goods at everything. Okay. Follow me on Instagram, especially the ladies. Any Instagram host, <laughs> follow I am Damage Goods. Shout out to your ex girlfriend for. Yep. Shout out to uh, my girlfriend for the name. <laughs> shout out uh, to. Oh. I've always, I've never known. Like I've never, I've been in this like limbo. Like, do I like my name? Do I not like my no, name? It's, it's kind of long. Oh, it's a good name. And I always like, you know, I get you guys. You're like, oh, it's so sick. It's dope. Oh, I only booked you because of the name. And like, <laughs> I mean, you should, you should go off just off of that. Some guy booked you just off your name. Good, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. That's strong enough. 
<laughs> but uh yeah man thanks for listening guys we'll be back next week and we out yep yeah buddy